Can I just have a word? Can I have a word with you? I feel it like it doesn't work. work. <laughs> Would you, you let, let me speak? speak? Okay, do it. <laughs> okay, go. Welcome to the Nail Polish Sisters. Chef's kiss. Hello and welcome to Nail Polish Sister. Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. I'm getting weirder by the day. I have no words. <laughs> Listen, I think that again, because we have such an amazing guest, it goes without we don't need a full intro but i do want to say something and this is mostly directed towards bella and lauren but for the listeners i just want to say that i'm very grateful for you both and i never thought that something could be so fun but working with you guys is amazing and i love you guys so much and you know work is very high stress sometimes bella is my best friend and I think that working with her is the greatest joy of my life. And I'm so happy that we met Lauren because we would not be nail polish sisters without the third. But I think because of this episode, we're talking a lot about, you know, things that make you happy and yeah. things and gratitude and positive things. And you guys are very positives in my life. So I wanted to say that. Love Cheers. you, sister queen. So. So after Jamie's... Toast. Wonderful. Thank you card to me and Lauren. Let's get into this episode. As you can tell, that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> why are you uncomfortable by that? Do we need to talk about that? Why, why can you not take that compliment? No, I, I don't know. Okay. Because I love you. I love you too. But that's it. So, yeah. Okay. I will take this over. We today have our guest, Dr. Patty Kim, who is a naturopathic doctor. And we sort of got into this as um, we introduce her when she's here. But she is incredible. She's so full of knowledge. She's so passionate about what she's doing. And she has a lot of amazing tools and practices that you can pretty much start implementing immediately after you listen. And I found her to be extremely um, well-spoken and again and I think this has been a theme for the past couple episodes very digestible which is my new favorite word obviously you love that word yep and also Dr. Patty Kim also has a beautiful dog named Olive and Olive was prancing around a little bit so if you hear prance any queen, noise prance. prance queen prance queen there's too many syllables prance queen, too many prance. consonants letters um, she's kind of tiptoeing around the apartment. So if, if you hear her, um, she's just saying, hey, say hey back. And in this episode, we ask her a million questions, but not just from us. Some of the questions you nail polish sister communities asked yourselves in the little question box that I'd posted that oops, not me, our social media person posted <laughs> on Instagram. It wasn't me. What was our assistant's name? Our fake assistant, Jennifer. Sarah. Jennifer. Jennifer, but you had a last name, like Jennifer Goodstone or something. Yeah, Goodman. Jennifer Goodman. It's Jennifer Goodman, guys. And so we'll be asking those questions too. So stay tuned. 
till the end to hear the answers to some of your questions as well. And you guys asked really awesome questions and we couldn't get to all of them, but we got to, I would say five. So if you could warmly welcome Dr. Patty Kim, AKA Olive's mom, please rate, like, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to another wonderful episode of the Nail Polish Sisters. Today, we are bringing on a very cool, fabulous, fantastic guest. Her name is Dr. Patty Kim, and she's a naturopathic doctor. And she has a doctorate of naturopathic medicine and master's of science in oriental medicine from the National College of Natural Medicine in Portland, Oregon. First off, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This episode is all about understanding the mind-body connection and what it means and how to improve it. And we thought you were the perfect guest for this. Before we get into all of the questions we have, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your history and how you got involved in all of this? Yeah. I mean, I was always on the track towards wanting to become a doctor. I had an amazing teacher in the fourth grade who really got me into science and you know, I do think that we have callings. And even at that young age, what, like nine years old, I remember feeling like I know I want to do something that really helps people. I was really interested in science and medicine, you know, to the degree that I could understand that at nine years old. But as I started going through life and heading towards conventional medical school, um, I actually started talking to a lot of doctors and realized that most doctors were not happy in their job. And mm. most were not very encouraging of me. You would think, you know, if I in have... In what way? Um, they would often ask me kind of subtly, are you sure this is what you want to do? Really? As opposed to, oh yeah, this is great. Let me help you. I want to teach you about, you know, medicine and what this job is like. Yeah. So then I just basically started to realize that, wait a second, I probably should think about this. And then you know, prior to us recording, you and I, we were talking about some synchronicities and I was actually also an art major and pre-med in college. And Visual sort of, art or? Uh, I was doing photography, but wow. uh, studio art was, so a lot of visual art definitely, but sort of um, with a concentration in photography. So art was definitely something, you know, I grew up with. And a friend of mine actually in the art department said, have you ever considered holistic medicine? And that kind of got the ball rolling. It really, you know, we talk about this a lot of like when you hear something or something happens or an experience and it sort of lights you up and you think it's your intuition, it's your higher self really telling you, hey, ding, 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 like listen to this. And, you know, that was 1998. 1997. Wow. So this was pre-internet. The How I found out about even the where a naturopathic medical school existed was a poster outside the guidance counselor's office, like in college. Like this, it's not like I could get on Google and figure out what is naturopathic medicine, what is holistic medicine. But her, I remember Anne-Marie DeLuca, her mentioning it to me just really got the ball rolling, really lit something up inside of me. And I thought, this is it. This is going to marry my love of art and science and medicine and service and helping people. And it all sort of came together. And I was like, that's it. 
I'm not taking my MCATs. I'm not going to go down this route. And I just started to pursue figuring out more information about where I could get this education. Wow. Wow. That's long, really incredible. Long story long. Yeah. <laughs> but it's inspiring just to even think that you you felt something in your gut, which was your exactly. higher power. Yeah. So like the connection of mind, body, even before you dove into it and you trusted totally. that. Totally. And that's something that we talk about with patients too. Of My teachers used to say like, it doesn't matter what we say. If a patient says intuitively, I feel this, this herb doesn't work for me. This doesn't feel good. You, that is more important than any treatment plan, any education that we have. If a patient is like, oh, chamomile tea makes me hyper, I believe it, you know? I love so that. listening to a patient's intuition. Now, I'm here to help guide patients, of course, because I have some knowledge that they don't. But for the most part, people know, know their bodies and, you know, do have that intuition. How did you learn how to, because I feel like from what you're talking about, a lot of your work is intuitive. So how did you sort of learn to trust that intuition when it's not just about yourself, it's with patients and like people who come in and ask for your guidance intuitively? Well, I do think my background in Chinese medicine and specifically the program that I went through played a huge role because so much of it was almost spiritual. Like Chinese medicine in general is very has spiritual. a spiritual aspect to it. And there was so much of that education that was about cultivating yourself as a healer and a doctor, and that that was one of the most important things to becoming a good doctor. So I think there was an emphasis on meditation, Qigong, um, our own health, et cetera. So I think those practices are really important. And, you know, it's the same for patients as well, like really cultivating that foundation of your health. So I think that that makes a huge difference. Also, you probably know this as well. It's much easier to tap into your intuition for other people than it is for yourself. Um, You're more objective. There's, I don't know, more of like a loving, giving nature that comes naturally. So I do think that that helps as well. Yeah. um, As opposed to trying to figure out what to do for yourself. That's a great answer. Hi, Olive, by the way. (laughs) I know, I was like, when do we tell people? (laughs) Olive's here. She's very special. She's She's a a therapy dog, right? Yes, yes. She's such a relaxing dog. I don't, she has a very calming energy. Oh. Yeah, meanwhile, I I have a tornado that just runs around this place. (laughs) But we love him. We love him so much. We love furry tornadoes too. Yes, he's very sweet. (laughs) On your website, it's, you say that, you're passionate about the body's magnificent abilities to self-regulate and restore homeostasis. Can you talk a little more about that? Yeah, I mean, I think, and you probably feel this, you know, <laughs> yourself. <laughs> I know. What does she do? She makes noise. Um, but the whole crux or the whole cornerstone of any holistic medical system, Ayurvedic, Chinese medicine, naturopathic medicine, is this understanding that we are a self-healing mechanism. I often tell patients that, you're kind of like a very expensive self-cleaning oven Mm. and (laughs) those ovens are designed to clean themselves. The issue is when patients come to see me, for instance, or if you've experienced this with your own health, it's usually because you never stop using the oven. So the oven never gets time to actually do the thing that it knows how to do. And that's kind of like our bodies. So we are designed to be in balance, to replenish, to heal ourselves. But we literally don't give ourselves the space or the time 
or the container or the energy to actually even use, or we use up all of our reserves. Mm -hmm. So then that's when symptoms arise and you don't feel good or disease happens. And then that's when you need to take a little bit more intervention. But ultimately we are self-cleaning ovens and we're, we're meant to heal ourselves. And we totally have that capability. We just need to give ourselves a little bit of a nudge sometimes. Wow. But usually we're like stressed and worried and not sleeping and eating sugar and, you know, spiraling or what, yeah. sitting in traffic and, you know, not forgiving and negative self-talk. Like all those things are things that take away that time and energy that would be used towards actually healing our bodies. I think you just explained my life. <laughs> <laughs> Most of like, us. Oh, Most all those things. Check, check, check. You're not yeah. alone. You're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say is the first step in healing yourself that way? Because you've listed so many things that are factors mm-hmm. in it. Where do you tell your patients to start when there's so much that plays into it? Well, all those things I listed, I would say, first of all, it's important to remember that that is the foundation of our health. So, so many people come to me either, I don't want to take these medications anymore. Can you give me a natural alternative? But supplements, herbs, you know, even nutrition, like all of that stuff is extra on top of the foundation, which is the most important. So going back to your question, I think it depends on the individual, whatever you can do as your first step. And there's something that I love that I refer to a lot, um, the Kaizen method. It's often used actually in um, Japanese corporate culture, but it's been translated into health as well. And basically it's breaking things down into a small enough piece that is doable. I have patients who meditate for 20 minutes a day, twice a day. I have patients who we are focusing on one deep abdominal breath per day. Mm. I have other patients who, you know, eat fully anti-inflammatory. Other patients, it's like, let's have one extra glass of water. So it's really dependent on what you can do. Maybe it is negative self-talk. Maybe it is going to bed at a certain time and creating a little bit of rhythm in your life. But I do think, you know, the the drawback of naturopathic medicine or any kind of true healing is that it's slow because right. it's deep and it's real. Whereas we do live in a culture and a society where we want things to be quick, quick, quick mm-hmm. and fast. And so you do have to honor that and it is slow, but really going one step at a time and understanding like, okay, we're doing something big here. And so I'm going to take it, just breaking it down into a small enough piece as possible and then building on that and really focusing on consistency more than is the symptom gone? Am I better? Am I this? Am I that? Like even if, and I often tell my patients, like, to be honest, this is like, so like not a good thing to admit, but I don't love exercise. I didn't grow up playing sports. I was very much an art and music um, sort of household. And so for me, I have to really actively make myself exercise in ways that I enjoy. And I love walking. I love walking outside. Um, So for me, I was like, okay, I'm going to start at like really easy number of steps, something like six or 7,000 steps. That's like so doable. If you like go to work and run a couple errands, like you will hit that, Mm -hmm. you know, and just did that for a month to the point where I was like, this is so easy, but really keeping it at a minimum until it was a daily, daily practice. And then I just added another thousand steps and another. And for whatever health 
outcomes I was trying to have or approach, of course, it was much slower because you're going so much slower. But that consistency is key for anything that we're doing, whether it's one deep breath or one glass of water. It sounds yeah. like attainable goals is like a really, yeah, you know, big But you can't theme. get discouraged because right. it's easy to be like, well, I did this. I drank a glass of water for a month and I'm not noticing anything. Right. You got to then so does, build Is that, that more of a like perception thing or a perspective thing then? Because it's like, I, I know that when I tried to do that sort of thing, because I actually went to a doctor and was like, oh, mm -hmm. I, I had a lot of problems with like my digestion and my mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, woman stuff. <laughs> um, and I did like the acupuncture and they gave me um, herbs. Herbs, uh -huh. yeah, that I had to drink in my water every day. And literally after three weeks, I mean, I was really young to be fair. Like if I went and tried it again, I would mm -hmm. again have a different perception or perspective about how I was going to go into it. But like I got so frustrated because yeah. after three weeks I was still drinking these herbs and yeah. nothing was happening. And I like still was having issues. And so I think that's an important thing like, and it's really incredible that you're doing this, which is teaching people like patience and like doing things slowly and over time and consistency can get you to. But also a couple of thoughts on that. First of all, three weeks is early really? yeah. to <laughs> see any dramatic changes. But, you know, think about if you just made one nutritional change, you will notice a difference in three weeks. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit of a balance of understanding, okay, three weeks is a short amount of time, but it's also enough time for me to have some kind of shift. Now, let's say you went in for like migraines. Maybe your migraines don't go away, but maybe you're a little bit less bloated or you're a little... So get, like tuning into your body of like, okay, where am I seeing some shifts mm -hmm. to indicate that I'm headed in the right direction, even though it's not, I'm not at my destination. The exactly. other thing too, and I think this is a huge difference between conventional allopathic medicine and naturopathic medicine or even Chinese medicine is understanding that you're in a team with your doctor. Like you're in this together. You know, I feel that way with my patients. I'm not here to just tell you what to do. Come see me in six weeks and we'll change your prescription. You need to have that dialogue with yourself, first of all, and really tuning into your body, but then also really talking to your doctor about, I'm frustrated about this. This isn't getting better. What should I expect? Or is this normal? Obviously, when you were doing these things, you were quite young. So it's, Really young, like yeah. too young to even be doing that, you know? I mean, I wouldn't say, would you say you were like in junior high or high school? Yeah. Or, yeah. I, I that was my school. first exposure to Chinese med Chinese herbs. I was quite young. Um, and in this day and age, I think that's a great time, especially for young girls to learn to tune into their bodies and speak up for themselves mm -hmm. and talk to their doctors, mm -hmm. you know? And it's partly our parents' yeah. job too, you know, yeah. to <laughs> say like, this is how you can speak up for yourself. And I mean, my mom didn't do that. You know, I've learned that as an adult and as a woman, but yeah, it's, it's all a dance and a balance like patience, but there should be some shifts consistency, but you don't want to burn out by just like, you know, doing, doing it all. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. Life is hard. Healing is hard. <laughs> Adulting is hard. I feel like on the point of you were, you thought you were too young. As I said to you earlier, my mom has been bringing me to homeopathic, yeah, homeopathic, yeah. which is different than natural. Is it yes. similar? So different? it's kind of like um, you might go to an herbalist and they would only do plant medicine. A homeopath only does homeopathy. A naturopathic doctor is like your primary care doctor or like your GP hmm. who kind of oversees everything. And though herbs, homeopathy, nutrition, 
hydrotherapy. These are all modalities that we use to help our patients. But some people may choose to just choose one of those modalities and really just focus on that. And that's their way of helping clients, patients. But I think along those lines, and we always have this conversation because they're in our society now, there are so many kids our age, younger, older, doesn't really matter the age, that are taking, you know, pills. like Prescription pills. Prescription pills, pills, Adderall, Xanax. Zoloft, Prozac. And they're being prescribed pretty readily. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And there's nothing wrong with those prescriptions. I do want to emphasize that because there's no one medicine that works for everyone. There's a lot of times where supplements, herbs, you know, and this is kind of another thing I tell patients is that naturopathic medicine or homeopathy, herbal medicine, all these things harness your body's ability to heal. If you have used up all your reserves, there's not much to harness. That's when surgery, medications, et cetera, come into play because you need something that's going to like override the system and just get those symptoms under control. Right. But have you kind of encountered people who come in and are like, I don't want to take these anymore? Oh, definitely. Because they do come with side effects Mm -hmm. because they're not really working with your body. They're just, I think of pharmaceutical sort of like prescriptions kind of like, you know, like the birth control pill is a little bit like this too, not, you know, and all these things are great for many people, but it just kind of tells your body like, you know what, we're new management. We're going to take over, Mm -hmm. like, just leave it to us, you know, versus let's work with you to make these changes or make this happen. So when you take a drug or when you take a pill or what have you, it's doing its own thing on a biochemical level, kind of, kind of override your system. So I, it often does have some side effects. So definitely over time, I do have a fair number of patients who are like, the side effects are outweighing the benefits, you know? And what do you sort of, to take them away from that and turn them to something alternative? Like what is an example of what you would say to somebody who's like, I've been taking Adderall for 10 years since before I can remember. Sure. And I want to get off of it and see how I am without it. Like, what do you suggest if they actually do have the symptoms of being, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. um, I, it's obviously the other aspect of naturopathic medicine is that it's so individual. Mm -hmm. So we do treat every person individually and for one person who has focus issues, it may be an actual brain issue. Right. For another person, it may be a hormonal issue or a gut issue or a blood sugar issue. So kind of determining like what are the layers and where is this coming from? And without getting into specifics, since I, you know, we don't have an actual case in front of us, but it would be a little bit of providing somewhat of a safety net because you don't want to just take away something that the body's relying on. Yeah. So really building up the system, supporting the body, maybe working on nutrition, gut health, detox pathways, um, supporting maybe with other herbs that kind of help the symptoms that the person has, and then slowly weaning off and just seeing how the body responds. Um, And legally, I can't take anyone off of a medication that I didn't prescribe, Mm -hmm. but um, giving the body support so that when you slowly make changes. And that's the other thing that's really important. Not only the Kaizen method of like bite-sized pieces, but nothing in the whole point is that our bodies mimic nature and we want to honor that. 
And how does the body heal? How does the body develop disease? Okay, let's look at nature. And one of the things is that nothing happens fast in nature. I mean, considering, think about all the rains we had recently, like anytime things move quickly in nature, it's a little bit destructive. Right. So Mm -hmm. the body likes to heal in a very slow, gentle way. That's so interesting. Also in a society where it's like everything is so now, 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 I need it now, I need the fix now. And yeah. totally result-based as well. Yeah, it's you like don't you want the wait. result before yeah. you even try. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm that way too, you yeah. know? Like I get this all cerebrally and I understand it, but I'm only human. I'm certainly guilty of, you know, I want this acne to go away. or I want Even for my patients, sometimes I have to remember to be patient for my patients. Mm-hmm. Of, okay, we have to listen to the body Go at the pace your body is allowing you to go. Yeah. This is like a side note, which is oddly more specific. And it has to do with the fact that you were talking about gut health, because I see it all over TikTok. Girls are like, this is how girls who don't have licenses, literally (laughs) gut talk, and they don't have licenses or anything, but they're giving all this advice on. And it's oftentimes like, this made me skinnier. I fixed my gut, which is an annoying kind of an annoying way to go about it, in my opinion, because it should be more about internal. Yeah, yeah, it should be about healing. But can you just tell me what it is that when people are claiming to heal the gut, like what it is that they're healing and how you do it? Because they never explain it on TikTok. I mean, that's the other thing as far as like being so individual, because the gut is you symptom wise, you can have constipation, diarrhea, bloating, pain. um, But on a physiological level, the gut is really the one of the main foundations of our health because as complicated as our bodies seem, think about ourselves as just one very, one tube. And so if you think about <laughs> us as a tube, what is, like think about your mouth yeah. and, you know, your um, esophagus and just that we are this tube that is inside and outside. And so when we eat things or breathe things in, um, in that tube, there's really only one layer of cells that separates us from what's on the inside versus what's on the outside. And the whole point of health is that our bodies are meant to protect us. Even anxiety or even a tumor, all these things on some level, it's your body protecting you from some greater danger or some greater disease or harm. So if you think about, okay, we're just this tube and we really just have one layer of cells lining our intestines that separates what we're putting in and it's from the outside, this could be anything, Um, that's where the body puts the majority of our army because it's like, okay, we have to protect you from from this whole outside world. It could be anything. So yes, it could be viruses, bacteria, but um, emotional protection as well, how we digest emotions. So as far as gut talk... It could certainly be, I mean, I hate to say it, but in this day and age, I think what I see the most on TikTok is I want to be smaller. Mm -hmm. I want to be leaner. I definitely think there's some body dysmorphia going on and women and girls feeling like I'm bloated when from a doctor's perspective in a physical exam, they don't appear bloated, but there's Mm. a perception of I feel big or I feel big in my body, but it could also be Maybe you're not digesting your food properly and it's mo- your transit time or things are moving slowly. I was just telling a patient last week, think about not to get TMI, but think about after you've had a good poop, you're like 
nothing's changed in your body, but you feel 10 pounds lighter. Like you feel good and light and efficient in your gut and in your whole body. So someone may not be actually bloated, but feel sluggish or feel heavy. So I can't speak for all of gut talk, but I think that um, some of it is actual (laughs) digestive function. um, And then some of it is probably optimizing their immune system um, would be what I imagine what they're talking about. Yeah. But if things are flowing, I mean, the whole point of the body is like, if everything's in flow, you feel good, whether it's like you're pooping regularly or you're, you know, just your circulation's good, your lymphatics are moving. Anytime there's no, like think of LA freeways. If there's no traffic jams and all the cars are moving, like that (laughs) feels good, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That is true. Yeah. I'm not a traffic girl myself. (laughs) (laughs) We're living in the wrong city. (laughs) Truly. I actually don't mind sitting in traffic though. You're insane. It's like my thought bubble time. Remember to rate, like, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're an empath. I don't know what that means, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, fuck yeah, I am. What is that? You go... (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just that you, I mean, you know, easy terms, like you feel other people's emotions. And so for you, for people who are empaths, it's important to have good emotional boundaries. And Um, uh, I'm really bad at that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) really bad. Because I will pick up people's Yeah. Are you someone who like, because I'm this way too, and especially with patients, I have to make sure that I don't take on their feelings. Because if I, that's why like, you know, grounding practices, meditation, visualizing, all these things are so important because I'm definitely someone, if I walk into a room and people are anxious and I feel anxious, if someone's happy, I feel happy. It's great when they're happy because then I yeah. take that on too. But um, you have to be mindful of that so that you don't get drained by taking on their stuff or worrying about them, et cetera. That is a big, big thing because I immediately can feel it when I walk into a room. I'm like, oh, this person is feeling this way. And I don't yet have the tool to be like, don't take that on because I want to help. I mean, a lot of people do this. It's almost like energetic boundaries 101, if you will. But just quickly visualizing yourself in a bubble of light and... I jokingly call it my egg of light because when I started doing it years ago, I pictured it like a shape of an egg. (laughs) So I just say I'm in my egg of light. Um, And sometimes to really solidify the visualization, I will take it one step further. So I'll, I'll picture myself in my egg of light and then almost like a Marvel movie, I sort of picture like things coming at it and I can see like that it's invisible, but like it's protecting me. Like Mm -hmm. I am actually encased. And if you want to take it even one step further, every cell in our body is selectively permeable, meaning there's no cells that like everything can come in or nothing can come in, you know, like a wall. So some cells can allow, you know, it has like sodium potassium transport um, or calcium magnesium So I picture my egg of light and, you know, things coming at it and it's like a shield and it's protecting me. I put olive in the egg with me, especially when I'm with patients. But then I also know, okay, it's a semi-permeable membrane. It's not like glass, like it's Mm -hmm. encased. I can actually give and receive love and compassion. That can go in and out freely. 
So you can still receive that and give that, but you don't want to take on all the other shit. Yeah, that's wonderful. I just, I just started feeling better. Oh, with the egg of life. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be this whole like 20 minute thing. Like literally close your eyes 30 seconds. Like I'm in my egg of light done, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, It's a great tool. And ideally like you kind of like switch it out. Like before a meeting, like you're in a new fresh egg of light, you know, cause that's, it's going to get like linty and dirty with Mm -hmm. all the (laughs) stuff you pick up. That's great. I think you need to start doing this. I am definitely, I'm already doing it. (laughs) You're like, I'm in the egg. (laughs) I'm in the freaking egg right now. Jamie, you're an egg. (laughs) Um, I am an egg. We're all in our little egg. You know, they say trauma manifests in the body. Like I was going through a hard time and like I had the worst eczema on this part of my Mm. face and I couldn't figure out I tried all the medicine, anything you could think of, topical medicines, antibiotics, homeopathic medicines, herbal supplements, and it would not go away. And then when said trauma ended, I woke up the next day and all the eczema was gone. And I haven't had eczema since, which is, I can pinpoint it to the day. You do sometimes, but now you pinpoint it. You're like, okay, my eczema came back. What happened the day before? Or like what happened this Mm. past week that it's coming up now and then we always like talk, and then it, we out. talk it out but it really is interesting when you figure that out that yeah, was that crazy. Was so lucky to have each other this friendship is <laughs> truly beautiful well, thank um, you but as far as the trauma i would say sort of different levels right so there's i think for you were sort of going it sounds like from what you're describing a little bit of an acute trauma or acute traumatic situation so there's certainly physiological stress responses that are going to just create more inflammation, um, create issues where you have, and we were talking about this before, but everyone has their Achilles heel where something's going to go when you are out of balance. So it's why some people, you know, will get headaches or skin things or think about people who like get constipated when they're nervous or they might have diarrhea when they're nervous or get frequent colds. So wherever your body has its weakness, that's where things are going to go. But in your case, so there's a physiological stress response, but for sure we hold on to emotions on an energetic level that can't be measured in an X-ray or an MRI. And think about like generational trauma or trauma that's been going on for many, many years in that individual's journey. So that does that energy get stored? We and I think that is the drawback or the limitation of conventional medicine is that we don't recognize that there's a frequency, there's things that are not visible to the naked eye that are affecting our bodies and our health, and that our cells are actually holding on to. It's quantum physics, you know. Yeah. It's it's med- quantum medicine. So. For sure, the body holds on until you process that because it's going to just put it somewhere until you can deal with it. It's never going to go anywhere. I mean, energy is not created or Mm -hmm. destroyed, only transferred. I mean, that applies a thousand percent to our bodies and health for sure. So for you, you were still processing all of that. You were still holding on to it. You were still feeling it for sure. So until you were able to go through that, that eczema wasn't going to go away and that you bring up a good point about how symptoms guide us to show us what needs to be worked on, where things are not 
where things are out of balance, where things are a little bit, you know, off, they're almost like mile markers to say, like, go this way, as mm. opposed to this is the problem. Whereas we do have a tendency in modern medicine, conventional medicine, even in our society to be like, oh, this is yeah. the problem. Like I'm having acne, I'm having psoriasis, I'm having, you know, um, migraines, like this is my issue. Right. No, the body is actually showing you where to go. It's just, I mean, admittedly uncomfortable and annoying. Yeah, it really is. It's annoying to not feel good or have something show up on your skin that the world can see. Yeah. Do you I think that it. stress and anxiety can cause periods like out of you mean menstrual yeah like bleeding absolutely (laughs) yeah I mean it's not causing you to bleed but it can just especially hormones you know your cortisol your estrogen your progesterone your thyroid it's all interconnected so when one gets off namely cortisol let's say is the trigger your stress hormone then it's a little bit of a domino effect and so then that's going to affect your progesterone and your luteal phase and you know, the lining of your uterus. Um, so certainly it can affect having too many periods, too short of a cycle, too long of a cycle, because it gets all mixed up. wonky mm-hmm. yeah. for lack of a... Sorry, that was just like an offhand question, but... Uh... Is there something we should discuss? <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's constant struggle. Always. Oh. But that does bring it into a, another thought of just hormonal health in general. So when you do... Again, it's so person to person, but when there is someone who comes in and it's a hormonal balance, is there often like a common sign that they're showing that you're able to, just so like for people listening, if they Mm -hmm. feel like something's wrong and maybe it's their hormones, like what should they look for? Well, like I said, there's like hormones related to your sex organs and reproductive organs. There's your thyroid. I think one of the first things is fatigue, like fatigue that's different from I didn't get a lot of sleep last night or I'm jet lagged, but just a fatigue that you can tell like the something feels off because especially with cortisol and I mean, it could be your iron, it could be your vitamin D, it could be so many things. But certainly I think that long-term, possibly low-grade chronic stress is what burns through our reserves the most. And then it starts to affect our other hormones and we might have symptoms So I think one of the first things really is a fatigue. And we have a tendency to kind of push through that fatigue of like, oh, I'm just tired. You know, we still do all the work. We still do all the mothering. We still do, you know, all the tasks that we need to do. So fatigue, but certainly anything related to your cycles for sure. Is it, you know, whether it's pain or bloating or um, your cycles being irregular, um, pain with intercourse, like anything to do with your reproductive organs, um, And certainly, you know, weight can be, or water retention, maybe your weight is the same, but you're holding on to a lot more water, Mm. maybe puffiness, that can be nutrition as well. That's one of the, as a sidebar, like, I think one of the top symptoms we have from food sensitivities, if you will, of like things that maybe you're not full-blown allergic to, but that your body doesn't love, often it's going to hold on to some water, Um. But I think as far as hormones, yeah, looking at, especially for women, looking at your cycles, looking at your energy levels, looking at your sleep, how's the quality of my sleep? How do I fall asleep? Do I stay asleep? Those would be like the top three, I would say, kind of look at to begin with. Great. Makes me think of every time I eat 
anything bad, really. But <laughs> well, let's also fast food, let's rewind. Get, Nothing's good or bad. You know, it's but just like all in food. and out. It's kind of bad, isn't it? No, I don't think we should label anything good or bad. I do think that that does also get into our psyche and in okay. kind of into more of that negative self-talk. Dude, negative self-talk. It's just food. And Fuck. this isn't something my body really feels good on. It's fine that I had it. I enjoyed it. Or maybe I didn't even enjoy it. And that's helpful too. But so just to, you know. So when I eat in and out I will yeah. not call it good or bad. Yeah. It tastes Hella good though. Yeah, see, that's that's enjoy that enjoyment is also important to our health. Yeah. But the pain I feel the next day is not enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. I look like I don't look like myself. You know, like when you cry a lot and then your eyes get puffy? Yeah. That's what I look like after I eat. So really a lot of water retention. Yeah. It just made me think of that because of the water retention. Thing. That's what happens to me with gluten, you know? Like I'm not gonna die if I eat gluten. I certainly don't have celiacs, but for sure, puffy. Mood. Your body just isn't. Yeah, it's it's almost like a little bit toxic to my system. So, and then mood and fatigue as well. And it takes a good like ten to thirteen days for anything like that to dissipate. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed that with the in and out, but also yeah. like it's you also want to empower yourself, Bella. Of you know what? I know that my body it's not the thing that it loves the most, and I know I'm going to be puffy for the next two weeks. This is not something I eat every day, but I choose to eat it today and I'm going to really enjoy it. Or you might say, you know what? That puffiness just isn't worth it. Like I want to feel good in my skin. This is not the way that I'm going to find pleasure. Yeah. It really is all about how you speak to yourself though. It yeah. is. And it's so, it's such a simple tool. It's simple, but so but hard. But it's so hard. Yeah. It takes so much practice. For those who, if it doesn't come naturally, because I know plenty of people, it also, they, it does come naturally. And I, you know, it's a skill they have and part of their, I don't know, just confidence and upbringing and genetics and you right. know, nature versus nurture. But it is for most of us and especially women, it's something you have to work on. And I kind of compare it to like, I'm a worrier. I worry a lot and I've gotten so much better, but it's something that I always have to be on top of and really aware Constantly. of and practicing. Mm -hmm. And that muscle gets stronger. But I also know myself, I don't think I'm ever going to be the kind of person who never worries. Just naturally, the worry doesn't come. Yeah, I mean, we're yeah. human, so we all worry to some degree. But it is something that I'm going to have to work on forever. I'm accepting that it, it will still kind of, there will be residual worrying, but yeah. it's not at the forefront of yeah. your life all the time. Yeah, exactly. It's just going back to the body. It's like, think about like some people are naturally very lean. Some people have a tendency to put on a little bit more weight depending on their health or their nutrition. That doesn't mean they're doomed to be obese and have cardiovascular health and diabetes, but they might be someone that has to work at it a little bit more. They probably aren't someone who could eat in and out every day and ever be, have all the health markers that they desire. But another person who, you know, could eat in and out every day and never have any issues with their blood sugar or yeah. lipids, they have other issues. That's their thing. Can't know? have it all. That's my motto. It's so true. Yeah. You really can't. We live by that. You can't we have really it all. We really do. Because every person you try, like you see and you map out all of the things, 
they're missing something and that's but okay yeah. yeah but it also just it's balance makes you feel a bit more human sometimes yeah. that we're all kind of the same yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> that is true inside we are all the same we are inside by bo burnham but okay before we end we have to because our guests submitted questions oh, yeah, no, yeah. for you not your guests the listeners oh our, yeah sorry no sorry our nail polish sister community, community. which is what bella has named awesome. our listeners uh-huh. um and we got a lot of responses honestly people were really excited that we were having you on um hey. and so i don't know we can only choose a couple obviously just for we've time also purposes. answered a through this conversation mm-hmm. a few of them but we have to ask this question okay. because it's very specific are there any good alternatives for over-the-counter allergy medications like Claritin? Someone was wondering. So the short answer is herbs like nettles, quercet- quercetin is not an herb, it's a flavonoid, vitamin C. Those can be very helpful. The long answer is you got to figure out why you're having these allergies. Mm-hmm. Do you have genetics that your body is not breaking down histamine very well? Um, you know, closer to our period, estrogen also inhibits the enzyme that breaks down histamine. So maybe you're actually going back to your question about hormones. Mm. Maybe you're having more allergies around your cycle and Mm. it's an estrogen issue or can it be a gut issue activating these allergies? Uh, So ultimately it's, you know, very individual of figuring out what's going on with you. Why are these allergies happening? That is something Um, that's like the real healing. Uh, but yes, the short, short kind of quick, you used to call it hallway medicine in school where you're like not really dealing with the issue, but like, here, try this, you know, kind of thing. So with the caveat of like, this is not fixing the cause that, um, the three nutrients that I love the most are the herb nettles. You can make an infusion, a tea, take it as a capsule tincture. You can harvest nettle and make like nettle pesto out of it What um for people who have not done like herb walks or forage nettles has like prickly like it's called stinging nettles because it has like invisible little like needly hairs that will make you feel like stinging you nettles know. um i want one <laughs> <laughs> sounds fluffy stinging nettles so <laughs> vitamin c quercetin and nettles are three great ones that are natural antihistamines. Cool. Amazing. But if you're like sensitive to dairy and you're eating blocks of cheese every day, that could be the cause. I am lactose intolerant and I love whole milk. PSA, whole milk is my no. favorite thing in well, the entire world. Maybe try, you know, this is also a little controversial, but you might want to try raw milk because it has all the enzymes. It hasn't been love pasteurized. Raw milk. Um, so that might be a little, you know, your body might tolerate raw milk better than pasteurized milk and you could still drink whole milk cause you do want those healthy fats. I love milk. Anyways, this is not about me. This is about the nail polish <laughs> sister community. And someone asked, what do you think of psychedelic therapy? I personally have not done like a full journey. I have microdosed. I do microdose. Um, and it kind of goes back to like, the whole, I was only walking, you know, I was walking 7,000 steps a day and that Mm -hmm. was my goal. I think that's a little bit like microdosing. Like it's not something you're going to feel like people think you should feel something on microdosing, but it to be done properly, it slowly 
changing your neurology and physiology Mm. and needs to be done. It's also not a quick fix. Like it needs to be done. It's kind of like therapy alone isn't going to help if you don't implement the tools and the practices. Um, So I think, again, I can't speak to like actual full journeying. I do hope to sometime, maybe soon. I think it's can be hugely beneficial. I think done properly, proper sourcing with the right guide, um, with the right mindset from the person doing it, all of that makes a difference. But yeah, I'm, I think that it's certainly going to be a part of our future. Yeah, for sure. Should we ask one more? Yeah. Okay. What are you, it's similar to like an alternative, or this can be a short fix answer if you want, but what are some like natural remedies for things like anxiety or depression that you could suggest to people? Sure. Again, I cannot say, like reiterate enough that you have to get to the cause of where it's coming from. So that's Mm -hmm. like goes without saying. That takes time because again, it can also be physical. It can be a gut issue. Maybe your gut health is, you're not, you know, you're maybe eating foods that's irritating your gut your immune system, possibly you're not um, producing enough serotonin. As many of us know that 70 to 80% of our neurotransmitters are made in the gut, then sent to the brain. We think of like all of our neurotransmitters as being a part of our brain, but they actually are manufactured in the gut. So what you eat, how you eat, like, I don't care if you're eating, you know, just brown rice, fish and broccoli. But if you're eating it while driving or watching TV or stressed or checking emails, that's going to affect how your body digests food. Mm. So, you know, thinking about the bigger picture, I cannot emphasize that enough. Anxiety, depression, mental health, all of that is much bigger than just a capsule or an herb. There is no quick fix. It's possibly means, you know, getting out of a relationship, moving jobs, like removing these Um, what we call obstacles to cure. So that's really important. For anxiety, I mean, there's so many herbs, but, you know, even gentle herbs like some chamomile, some lavender, some oats, you know, these are things you can take in a very gentle tea form, um, infusions, things like that. I love theanine. I jokingly call it nature Xanax. Mm-hmm. It's the amino acid that's found in green tea. It's why we feel, you know, with the whole matcha craze. Um, I love matcha myself, but, you know, I get a little... A little wired. Uh, but just, no, I mean, like, all these, like, wellness trends. I get a, right. it's like a little, like... Uh, yeah. Um, but with that said, it's why matcha doesn't make people as jittery... Um, as coffee. As coffee, because it naturally has theanine. So you can we can take that theanine and feel calmer. Depression is a little bit harder because there's so many there's a lot of chemical layers and causes. It can be about connection. It can be about not living your truth. You know, it can be about not having boundaries going back to that and just kind of giving yourself all away. And so you've got nothing left leading to depression. It can be poor sleep. So, again, we have to address the causes. Um, But uh, those are a couple of suggestions. But those are great. And I think that's digestible for people, you know, like they can take that and, and I think for depression, other... finding connection is key, even more 1, than thousand like percent. And my question for all of this, and because, you know, we're sitting here in like a, a privileged space of being able to speak to somebody who has all this information like you, but like for people that can't, ha- don't have access to maybe going to a naturopathic doctor, or holistic doctor or whatever, that kind of thing. 
And a lot of this is sort of find the causes. Would you say that's a lot of reflective work for, for people? Because you can't, you know, you can assume things, but until you have somebody kind of like bouncing that back with also scientific information to back sure. it up, like, what do you suggest for people that can't afford to, yeah. to do these things? Yeah. You know, like, where can they start? Yeah. I mean, you can expose your eyeballs to sunlight within 10 minutes of waking. That's free. You can mm. eat real food. Maybe it's not even organic because you can't afford it, but maybe you eat an actual carrot versus, you know. A baby carrot. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a whole carrot instead of a baby carrot. <laughs> um, but you can eat like food that is real. My teacher in school used to say, before we talk about any nutrition, just say, can you name it? If you can name it, you can eat it. Even a gluten-free you know, Simple Mills, grain-free, no shade to Simple Mills. I love that <laughs> brand. But um, you're like, our sponsor today. <laughs> but you can't, if someone just handed you a cracker, you cannot say what's in it unless you literally like milled the wheat and like, you know, made it yourself. So if you can name it, you can eat it. So, oh. you know, as far as nutrition, that's like a place that you can start. The sunlight exposure, movement, water, going to bed before 11 at the same time every day. And then, yes, I agree with you about the reflective part because you can do all the things. And if there is unprocessed trauma, if there is dissatisfaction in a job, in a relationship with yourself, like you do have to look at that and feel those uncomfortable feelings and ask yourself those questions. So certainly journaling, but also staring at the wall. <laughs> you know, like, love a staring up the yeah. wall session. It doesn't have to be this like whole, I'm in a beautiful candlelit room and I am now meditating. Like take time out five minutes every day, stare at the wall and just ask yourself, how do I feel? What do I want? What's going on? And everything I just listed, that's the foundation of your health. Like even before taking nettles or whatever, like everyone should be doing that first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so great. I'm actually going to start implementing these things Yay. moving forward, which is exciting. I'm going to hold you. you. I'm going to be like, truly you in your egg today? I mean, <laughs> to be honest, I'm probably going to start coming to see you. Yeah. Um, I want to do acupuncture. Yeah. I want to do this whole, this whole thing. I think I'm ready. But also I think it's, it's good because this is again with the whole synchronicity universal thing. This is definitely something I was super curious about, but never really like knew that much information about. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like I learned a lot of things today. Oh, I'm glad. Thank you so much for coming on. You're such an amazing guest. Thank Always. you for having me. This has been so fun. I know this has been, I feel like, I don't want you to go. <laughs> <laughs> Bella's her attachment issue right now. <laughs> and, uh, Are you going to start crying? <laughs> She's going to go too. What? No, I'm not. But we have one more question. Yeah. That we have it. to ask. We must. We must ask. Out of the last three purchases you made on Amazon, tell us one of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, All I've, of, like, things for me? <laughs> actually, no. I have not bought anything for her in a long time. <laughs> she puts her head back down. <laughs> no. Um, speaking of dogs, I did buy a dog puzzle mm. for my friends. I have friends who um, were not dog people at all. And a year ago, they got their first dog. And now are totally transformed, but their dog is very smart. It's a small dog, but, um, so yeah, I got 
the dog a puzzle. And then I can even think of a second one. I just did water, simple model. Wait, it's a puzzle for the dog? Yeah. So you put treats. So the last three things I'll say, I bought a puzzle for the dog, but they already had that puzzle. <laughs> um, and it turns out that the dog is actually really smart. So I specifically looked for a more advanced puzzle. <laughs> Um, a dog puzzle. It's hard. Like you have to uh, line up certain things so that the contra- the compartment will open. It's not e- the beginner ones. Like you might just open a little door and there's a treat in there. Um, but the more advanced ones, like you have to like do a bunch of things so that the thing will open. So the dog has to really think, you know? Oh, Milo's getting a dog yeah, puzzle. I'll send you, you know. Please do. Yeah. Oh, also social media. Where can our listeners oh, find you? Just at Dr. Patty Kim. It's Patty with an I. So P-A-T-T-I-K-I-M. Oh, Dr. Just D-R. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what time it is. Surprise, motherfucker. I hope you've listened to an episode before this, but I will explain it again. As our producer Lauren does, she sends us an article, a video, a TikTok, a Vine. Just kidding. Those don't exist anymore. A little, a little TED Talk, whatever it may be. A book to read. That's not what we do this time, but I just had to let you guys know in case you didn't know. This week, she sent us an entire documentary called Heal. It was directed by Kelly Noonan, and it came out in 2017. I had never seen Heal before. Had you, Jamie? I had. Jamie had seen Heal before. So I watched it this morning because I wanted to learn about healing and all this stuff. What it's about, so you're not left in the dark. Scientists and spiritual teachers discuss how thoughts, beliefs, and emotions impact human health and the ability to heal. Heal not only taps into the brilliant minds of leading scientists and spiritual teachers, but follows three people on actual high-stakes healing journeys. Healing can be extremely complex and deeply personal, but it can also happen spontaneously in any moment. Through these inspiring and emotional stories, we find out what works, what doesn't, and why. So, the thing that made itself can heal itself. That was like the opening thing that was said. And I thought that was so cool just off the bat to go in with that idea of like, your body did essentially make itself in the womb of your mother. And so it does have the properties to heal itself because your body is extremely smart. And I think that's such a big takeaway. We got to give ourselves more credit where credit is due because our body is not necessarily a machine, but it's willing to work with your soul is like the only way I can put it, which then can be put translated into like your mind and the way you think. The guy who said the body that creates itself heals itself had gotten into an accident and his spinal cord was, he got hit on the back of a bike and he went flying and his spinal cord was compressed six vertebrae were smushed together and they said to him, and he was a doctor and they were saying, you need to get this specific surgery. And they put a metal rod in his back and they separate it. And he was like, I would have told any of my patients to do that. But as myself, I said, no, I'm going to do this myself. So he said he sat every single day and would picture each vertebrae separating. And if he got distracted, he'd start again. And it would take him three hours every single day to just picture this. And then one day after like two months of doing this, something clicked and his vertebrae like slightly aligned itself and he was able to move for like the first time. And then over time he was, he kept doing that. And then his body got better. And then after two months he was healed. And then after another two months, he was able to start training again. Yes. I will never forget that part of the documentary, like following that guy's story. Um, He's a doctor. Yeah. But like that accident. 
Yeah. And the fact that he chose to heal himself, even though he is the person that is suggesting surgeries to other people. It's just fascinating, like what can you can do when you put your mind to it, which is what I took away from that documentary. And I watched it actually when it came out. And one of my really best friends um, was struggling with Lyme disease. And she had been to every doctor around the fucking sun. Like it was just painful for her to continue getting all of these different people's opinions and feeling out of control and not knowing like what it was that she could fix herself. We watched that documentary together and she just looked at me and she was like, I can do this. And I like will never forget that because from that moment on, she started going this way of healing herself, not by herself. Obviously, you enlist people to help you, but she started going to a spiritual healer. She started doing breathing. She started doing visualization, all of these things. And she actually healed her Lyme disease. Like she is in remission of Lyme, which is truly like it really gives me the do. chills but like i just will never forget like sharing that experience with her and at the time i had really been struggling with my men- like just i was having mental breakdowns every third day of the week i just could not get out of bed i was and it got to the point where i would call my mom crying and she was like i think you need to see a psychiatrist like you need to be on medication like you're not okay and i was like okay, fine. Like I'm really kind of resistant to that because I don't want to take pills because I don't want it to get in the way of my acting or whatever I was mm-hmm. feeling at the time. And I went to see a psychiatrist and it was like, I'll never forget. It was like so stark. It was like, do you feel this way? And I was like, yes. Okay. Then this is the pills that you need to take. And so I finally was like, okay, fine. I'll fucking just take the pills. So I started, I was on anxiety medication And I watched the documentary and I had been on it for like four months and I watched the documentary and I was like, I'm no longer going to take these pills. Like that was my takeaway. I was like, I can do this. And I think that's the message of the Mm -hmm. the documentary that I loved it so much that I was like, for everybody watching, it's this inspirational feeling of like, you can do this too. Like on top of that, that made me think that adding on to your idea of like taking care of yourself and having that sense of strength and hope is like, there was a woman and she had, she was the healthiest, did yoga, worked out all the time, like thought she lived this healthy lifestyle. Turns out she had cancer and she had gone to doctors for a year straight. And they were like, no, you don't have anything. You don't have anything. Finally, she went in and she's like, I know I have something like, give me an MRI, do something. I need to know what's wrong with me. And she had cancer in like multiple parts of her body. And she goes through chemo and she finds a spiritual healer. And she goes to this woman and they bring up all of this old stress and anxiety and anger that she has. They do like little things like They bring up anger in a controlled environment and like as it's festering inside of her, they go in a yard and they start chucking rocks and she's literally throwing the energy of her anger out. I remember that, yeah. And then she goes to the doctor. She doesn't lose, she said this, she lost a third of her hair in chemo and the chemo she did, she was supposed to lose all of her hair. And the doctor was like, how'd you keep your hair? And how did you recover? So like you look great and you just did chemo. And she said, wheatgrass shots. And the doctor laughed in her face. And then- with the speed at which she healed, they were like, oh, we must have misdiagnosed you rather than being like, let's figure out what you did to help our other patients out. Like they just kind of laughed it off. And I think as time progresses, we'll start to see that Eastern medicine does get taken more seriously than what it is now. But it is true that big pharma makes so much money off of drugs and everything. And it is a business at the end of the day that like it's hard. They don't support it like scientifically, like the same way they support giving you a pill to solve something. And the other thing that I thought was really messed up is the fact that insurance doesn't cover 
naturopaths or homeopathic doctors or healers of these kinds. Well, that's why I was asking Dr. Patty about like what people can do because you can't go to a doctor and be like, I'm going to take wheatgrass shots. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they won't support that. That's a missed opportunity. And we should be helping everyone in the world rather than trying to make money off of everyone in the world. So, yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful, beautiful takeaway. Um, and I think you gave a pretty good synopsis and good takeaways. And I think that we should encourage the listeners to go watch that documentary. Yeah, definitely. It's a beautiful it's documentary. It's not even long. It's like an hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. And with that. Hot takes? Yeah, hot takes. One, two, three. Hot take? I'm hot. That's a spicy hot take, girl. Hot take Milo is pretty much the most angelic dog that's ever existed. Hot take. Danny Phantom was my sexual awakening. Hot take. That makes so much sense. Hot take. Still he's, my type. <laughs> he's kind of hot. Um, when he's not in ghost mode and he has his little blue eyes and brown hair. Mm. Danny Phantom. A year done. Please rate, like, and subscribe on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nail Polish Sisters is hosted and produced by Jamie Belushi and Bella Giannulli. Produced by Lauren Boone. Edited by Jordan Fair. Original music by Joey Cars. The, the Nail, Nail Polish, Polish Sisters, Sisters is a Gulfstream Studios production. And if you've made it this far, 100 points.